0: And welcome back. How's everyone getting on? Grand.
1: Second second time is charm. Today we're joined by Paul Taylor. Paul, how about you introduce yourself? Hi, Can't my name
2: uh, my name is Paul Thomas.
1: Uh, <laughs> which is I, how I, you I read gonna, both yeah. of your names and I was like, what did I just do?
2: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My name is Paul Taylor. I'm a I'm a like English uh, English stand up comedian based in Paris in France and. Um, and yeah, I am. Uh, my mum is uh, from, uh, from Ireland. So technically, I, I've got some Irish in me. I've got an Irish passport with Brexit now. It's my only solution to still live in France. Uh, I just don't have the, 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 the wonderful, charming accent that you guys do. So uh, I'm, I'm kind of a fake Irish. But um, I am drinking a Guinness. I don't know if this is video or just audio, but
0: <laughs> if oh, people video. are watching, cheers. People know you're an alcoholic, sir. It's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, that's the Irish in me.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's rough. Double Brexit. Um, we, we, we had this conversation like the first time we we're supposed to get on. We, we were scheduling area, blah, blah blah, but we we're thinking like, how is he going to stay there if he, if he's from Britain? Like, how, how's that going to work? Yeah, well, I'm lucky.
2: I've got the I've got the Irish passport. A couple of my friends who are English in Paris don't, and so they have to go through the the nightmare that is French paperwork, uh, to get either like a residence permit or like French nationality. Most of them are just getting French nationality cause it's just easier. Um, yeah. cause then they'll, they'll at least have a, a, like a European passport, uh, which will allow them not only to live in France, but also kind of travel a lot easier, um, inside of Europe and the rest of the world as well. So yeah, it's, a, it's a bit of a, um, it's a bit of a shit right now for like the the logistics. I think, I think it will get figured out over time. Uh, but just for right now, it's just not, it's, it's, it's not amazing, but yeah, I, I, I'm lucky that I've got best of both worlds. I can, I can live and work in England, obviously, uh, mm. because I've got, I mean, I don't even have a British passport anymore. I, it, it ran out in 2016 and I haven't up up um, upgraded it. I was going to say, that's not the word. What's the word? Updated, um, updated it. Yeah. I haven't uh, renewed it since 2016, but yeah, it means I can live and work in Europe and live and work in the UK uh, on the same passport uh, because of the. I can't remember what it's called. There's something, tra- there, there's a. There's an acronym for Ireland and the UK, like the, the, it's not a trade agreement, it's a... It's the
1: Good Friday Agreement, is this?
2: It? Yeah, it's... it's. Uh, there's, no, there's, just there's another, yeah, there's an acronym, and I can't remember what it is, but it's, it basically means that even though Ireland is in Europe and it's part of the EU, uh, Irish nationals can still live and work in the UK and vice versa without having to go through the whole Brexit visa points shit that's going on um i can't remember the acronym yeah. but it, it basically means that so yes it's uh, i, I I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones
1: I, I figure you're not really a fan of
2: brexit no i just i don't i mean here's the thing like it might in 10 years it, it might turn out to have been the best decision the uk's ever made i personally because i've uh, i grew up in france i grew up in spain i grew up in switzerland uh my dad lived in, in different places in europe I just, I feel like a European person. And so for me, it just, it, it seems ridiculous that, um, that, uh, this has happened. I, I understand it from the point of view of like the people who live in like small town Britain and that they feel that they've been getting ripped off because of Europe, um, I get how they feel like disenfranchised by their government and being like, oh, the government gives a fuck more about Europe than they do about me and my little town. Um, And so that was kind of the idea that was sold to them. Mm. And it makes sense that like, yeah, of course, why would we bother with Europe when I'm never going to go and live there? I'm never going to bother. Like what, but then of course it's not, that's not how it works. It's not by leaving Europe that you're going to get more from your own government than you did before. It's just, it's kind of the, the rhetoric that's been uh, that's been talked about so i don't know i i i i'm obviously on the side of remaining because that's kind of been my life for mm. the past um 34 years that i've been alive so i, I but then i am again i'm in like a very specific case where not everyone in britain wants to leave and work and live in a european country <clears throat> and not every european wants to go and live and work in britain so it's it's uh, i get both sides yeah
1: yeah yeah i i get that um obviously in being- irish in the eu i think it's a bit silly mm. um I, I, okay you you are able to do it fair play if, uh, if that's what you wanted to do but I, I do feel bad for places like scotland and northern ireland yep. who wanted to remain fully yeah that's the I, like because it's weird I, I how the united you know kingdom works like they're yeah. all different countries within the same nation mm.
2: yeah it's, it's it's one of my one of my routines in my, in my new standup show in France, like i am ex- it's kind of like a, an, ex- an explanation jokingly of like how, how the country works. It's like four countries, but it's one country. And it, when it, when it suits us, we're one country. And when we want to not suit, like when we play football, it's like four separate countries. And it's like, no, we're definitely four countries. We're not sharing the flag. Fuck that. Uh, but then, you know, when we play rugby, there's only three countries because Ireland is one team, Northern Ireland and Ireland. Uh, have one team and then it's england scotland and wales and then when we do the olympics it's like yeah we're shit at all of those sports so let's bring everyone together let's put the union jack down and that's that's how we decide to be one country it's 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 really arbitrary when we decide to do one country or three countries so or four countries sorry so um yeah i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens like it's one of those things it's very easy to react and be like oh these Ramonas that are uh, complaining about remaining Oh, these fucking Brexit people because right now it's happening but in 10 years we might all look back and go hey the UK's economy's never been better um whatever the whatever happens like it might be a great decision I don't see how like right now I can't see how it is but
1: whatever we'll Mm. we'll just have to wait and see Mm. well hopefully sketchy out but um, on a happier note, you're a comedian, <laughs> and you're yeah. a really good one. Um, you know, we've Thomas been looking at some of your stuff, um, and spot on. It's it's a it's a problem that most of us in French, I don't speak French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, yeah, you know, it's a very weird niche for a comedian to be doing both. Um, so how how come? Um, okay, well, first of all, where'd you get into comedy?
2: Um, I got into it. Uh, really, when I was in my last year of university uh, in two thousand and nine, uh, and so I, for some reason, I was study. I studied French and Spanish at university, and kind of uh, studied French and Spanish A levels and all this kind of stuff. Basically, all through school, I did languages, and then um, in my last year at university, I don't know why I had I had more time in my hands than I had in the first three years. So I just started watching a lot of comedy. Um, online on YouTube and stuff like that. And, and like the, the live at the Apollo's on, on the BBC stuff, uh, people's DVDs. I was watching that. And I don't know, I just, I kind of got into stand up in a, in a pretty big way watching it. And then there was a comedy night at university. at at like the local bar uh, at the local bar, the university bar where they had like three comedians uh, come out and, uh i'd say like the first two that opens weren't amazing like they weren't they didn't i don't know they seem to be like dying on their ass and then the main person uh who was paul chowdhury uh who's a who's who's pretty i i I don't know if he's still doing stuff i think he is uh, in the uk uh but anyway he was good. And then the other two, I can't remember who they were, but they weren't very good. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird because I'd only been, it was my first comedy gig. Like it was the first time I saw live comedy. I'd only ever seen it like on DVD or TV and it's mm-hmm. massive. It's in these massive arenas and jokes are very funny because you don't know before you start doing comedy that they've been doing that routine for years and honing it and making it better. Like these, these guys that were at university, it might be, It might've been like the 10th time they're telling a joke and it just wasn't working. But when you're not doing comedy, you don't, or you're not a fan that much. You don't really know what it means to write a joke, test it out a million times and then put it in. So I was used to like paid comedians always doing really well. And I saw these guys, I was like, Oh, that's weird. Like they're not, they're not doing very well.
0: Hmm.
2: How hard is it? You know, like me and my mates, we always laugh. Uh we have laughs together and I think I can do this. So I typed in like into Google like how to become a stand-up comedian. Found out you had to do a bunch of open mic nights. So then I typed in open mic nights in London. That's when I was at university. And um went to a couple of open mic nights as a spectator and then one open mic uh, one of the guys pulled out cause he was too scared. He was too nervous. And my best mate that was with me was like, Hey, you should go ask the MC to like take his five minute slot. And I was like, nah, man, I don't really have my, like, I don't, I know I like have a rough idea what I want to talk about, but I don't have it all. Like, he's like, fuck it, do it. And so he did it for me. He went and spoke to the MC. He's like, yeah, I've got my mate. He wants to try five minutes. And the guy's like, oh, fuck it now. All right, go on then. <laughs> Uh, and I tried it, and it wasn't horrific. It wasn't amazing. It was just me getting out like stuff that I'd thought about in my head. And so that was in London in two thousand and nine. And I did like ten open mics um, in London. And then I moved to Paris uh, after when I graduated uh, with my with uh, uh, my job that I had at the time. I worked for Apple, and I worked at the Apple Store. Uh, in London. And then I transferred over to the Apple store in Paris when they opened up here. And so <clears throat> I moved here and then basically work took over for like three years. Uh, I was super busy with Apple, like opening stores. I got like a a, a gig outside of the stores where I was like, a, it was more a corporate job, uh, like corporate training. And so that kind of took over my life. And then like three years later, I'd realized I'd been in Paris for three years and I hadn't done stand up. And I was like, oh, maybe I should try and get back into standup. So I kind of really properly started again. Um, or when I say I started, it's t- January, 2013, which is when I got on f- on stage first here in, in France in English and also uh, like an open mic in English and then open mics in French at the same time. Yeah. That was a long answer to say
1: 2013. <coughs> <laughs> no, yeah. it, it's a hell of a
0: story. And yeah, it's really cool that you've, uh, you know, you went, you know, you know you wanted to do comedy and that you you knew as well as you wanted to do with the rest of your life kind of thing
2: well i don't know if i did really at some like it came kind of um uh over time like the the when i started getting into it when i was at university i was like ah, oh. like i was imagining i don't know myself on stage in front of twenty thousand people at the o2 because i think i was watching lee evans or someone like that and i was just like wow that's fucking crazy like that's really cool <laughs> And, but it was always like a distant thing. It was never like a, an attainable, uh, an attainable goal. And then, uh, when I started making a career out of my student job at Apple, that was kind of, that took over and it, it like the comedy thing completely disappeared. And then I guess I had like a midlife crisis. I guess they call it a quarter life crisis at 25. Right. I was just like, ah, oh, like, I, I'm, am I doing what I want to be doing? Like Apple's cool. I love the people that I work with, love the company. I could see myself working there for a long time. And I was just like, ah, oh, I really don't want to regret not having tried doing comedy. Mm. Um, when I'm like 60 and I retire, I, I, you know, I don't want to ask. I don't want to be telling, asking myself the question or like what would have happened if I had have tried doing it full time. So I was like, fuck it. I, I need to quit. I'll start doing comedy. And worst case, if it doesn't work after a couple of years, uh, then I'll go back to doing something either at Apple or at like, you know, Google or, or Microsoft or whatever. Like I can probably find a job speaking multiple languages in, in, in a, in a kind of big company. So, um, and then when I started doing it, you kind of, it's kind of, I think a lot of comedians talk about it where you get like a, you get like a, uh, like a, like a, virus. It's like you do it and then you die on stage. Like your jokes don't work. You're like, fuck, it feels the worst. It's the worst feeling ever but then you just want to get back up and try again and try again and try again. It's like really a weird sort of process. And then, yeah, yeah like that, that was when
1: I was like, cool, like, this is what I want to do. Well, I'm, I'm, glad it went well <laughs> because for a lot of people, it doesn't, uh, you know, like, yeah. you, like you're saying with the open mics, um, they're not known for their quality, no. you know, in <laughs> fairness. Uh, but sometimes you get some goals. Uh, I'm glad you were a sliver of gold there. <laughs>
2: Well, the thing is, is like they they they're shit for everyone mostly, and that's because everyone doing open mics is starting out, right? It's like the, the analogy I would use: it's like walking into like a, a one-year-old's birthday party and having like twenty-five one-year-olds running around the garden just talking shit, just being like nah, nah, nah. Like you, it's 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 not a it's it's the difference between that and hanging out with like you know twenty-five. 25 year olds having an interesting conversation about life and, you know, the future and all this kind of stuff, it takes a long time to find your voice on stage. So when you go to an open mic, the people that you're seeing on stage, maybe except for one or two are are not very experienced. They've maybe got one year or two years of, of getting on stage maybe once a week. So they've got like 50 gigs in their pocket, Mm. which isn't a lot, really. You need like a lot more to, to, to be able to, to, to actually be funny. Like the first thing you, try and get rid of on stage is like the nerves like it's so nerve-wracking getting on stage in front of people uh, some people find it quicker than others but a lot of people it's it's first of all it's the nerves of being on stage in front of 50 people or 25 people in a, in, a, in the basement of a pub um and then the, the second nerves is like can I remember the jokes that I've written uh mm. and like that takes ages to go away and then once you know the jokes off by heart uh, and they're working okay, then you can start working on like the stage presence and who you are on stage. And then once that's kind of worked out, then you kind of figure out your style and then it's easier to write jokes because you know what they would sound like with you on stage. But yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a, a, a long a long process. And it un- it's like everything in the arts really, even like musicians go through it. You know, how, how long does it take you to learn to play the guitar? It takes forever. The upside with learning an instrument is you can learn it on your own at home. Uh, with no one listening. Uh, Whereas with comedy, you have to learn the job. You have to learn the the art on stage in front of people. Like you can't, you can write as much as you want, but until you go on stage and die on your ass or get a laugh, like that's when you know it's good or not, so musicians have it good where they can spend like ten years in their <laughs> in their bedroom just playing shit music. I mean to be fair, their, their neighbors might hear them if they live in a block of <laughs> apartments, it's kind of the equivalent, but they don't have the faces of the people in front of them going, "This isn't funny, shut
1: up, why are yeah. you here <laughs> yeah yeah that, that'll that'll wreck your soul right there mm-hmm. uh, yeah I had a question, and then I was about to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so God. dumb <laughs> you see you're like oh don't do it oh, what was it yeah it was with um we're doing a comedy at the moment you know you're doing it through your, through your show because mm. obviously like France is in a pretty heavy lockdown um how, how you been? get how have you been getting on during the lockdown um i've just been
2: trying to find stuff online to do which is kind of why i i, I set up this kind of space with a like a decent camera microphone and stuff like that to do uh stuff and kind of build out my youtube channel um because so you the a way silver of... play
1: button behind you
2: yeah i do I, that's, it's like every fucking youtuber has a has the silver i've got two i've got like the old one which is the, that one there which because i like when i first started doing stand-up in france like the one of the first things that came uh, like one of my first like five minute bits on stage was around the fact in France, when you have to say hello to people, you have to kiss them on the face, right? Or you're used to before Corona. Uh, and now no one does anything, which is great. But as, as an English speaker or somebody not from France, it's like this awkward thing. You don't know how many kisses to give. You don't know which like men kiss each other as well. And you're just, you're not used to it. So I did like, I, that was kind of my like first sort of five minute good bit in France then uh that was made in we made that into a video like a, a video sketch instead of it being me on stage it was like an actual like a tracking shot sketch um the tv like uh tv company here called canal plus which is the equivalent in the uk of like sky tv it's basically like paid tv i don't know if in ireland you have an equivalent of like a paid thing like you watch oh, okay. i don't if... sky yeah um so it's kind of like the, the equivalent of sky tv they got in touch and they were interested in like building out like a mini series of like I'm the English guy in France, here's something I don't understand. And so we made a TV, like a mini series called What the Fuck France. That was the title of the show where it's basically three minutes and I'm like in the streets of Paris, basically uh, complaining about something French uh, in English with French subtitles. And that then they then put those videos on a YouTube channel. And that was the first sort of play button on on like that that YouTube channel that's technically owned by the French Sky TV. And then the, the, the more recent one is like my personal channel. Um, but yeah, it's, just, it's like yeah, YouTube is like, yeah, I want the buttons. Give me the buttons so I can hang them on my wall. <laughs> and I've done exactly the same. But yeah, it's um, I feel fortunate in France because because stand up's not a massive industry. Um, just the entertainment industry isn't massive. Like there's not that many uh, TV shows. There's not that many stand-up shows. There's not that many. Fi- well, films is a different a different thing because there's a lot of that but you can cross over pretty easily here uh whereas i get uh, like in the uk or english-speaking countries where stand-up is so big like if a youtuber tries to start doing stand-up or a stand-up starts trying to do youtube like it kind of creates a bit of friction within those individual pockets of indi- like if a youtuber mm. tried to do stand-up stand-up comedians would be like fuck off like or yeah, like you've got when a follow us. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah when a youtuber tries to do boxing i'm sure the rest of the boxing industry was like who are these cunts who can you can yeah all right fair enough they can bring in like a lot of audience but who they're, who are these people so i think in the world of stand up it's similar even in the in the world of youtube um it's kind of similar as well i think when when people try to cross over but in france like a lot of people a lot of people who are doing stand up shows there, there aren't really comedy clubs in france that's the other problem there's no real um um, infrastructure of comedy clubs. So when you want to do stand-up, you can do like 10 minutes here and there in a bar or in a pub, but in like, in order to kind of progress, you have to very quickly build out like a one hour show and try and cause they've, they've got many theaters all across the country, but no kind of comedy club. So you have to very quickly build your hour show. So if you're touring an hour and you're doing that and you're filling out, it's probably because you've got Something going on outside of stand up, whether it's uh, like uh, you're on radio, you're on t v you're doing uh, uh, YouTube stuff, uh, so it's kind of the only way to to, to build an audience in france mm. is is mostly through doing stuff online so yeah I, I figured during lockdown I would just kind of go full in on YouTube since I can't be on stage so would and the
1: majority of your audience be French
2: yeah it's kind of on YouTube, the statistics is like fifty percent French. And then 50% rest of the world. And out of those people, rest of the world, there's, there's, I'd say there's probably quite a lot of French speakers. Um, because there's more French speakers that speak English than English speakers that speak French. So if I'm doing uh, uh, like what I'm doing right now, like I, I do this thing called happy hour uh, live on Mondays, where basically I, I'm here in the studio with a guest um and uh we we drink a beer and chat with the audience live and they ask questions and stuff and that kind of ends up being kind of in both languages because i've got audience from both countries or both languages if people ask a question in french then we'll answer it in french and so that's where like native english speakers um they'll drop off probably because they're, they're less good at French, but I I don't think I appeal that much to only English speakers. Like it's, it's if the, if if there are English speakers on that follow my stuff, it's people who are interested in French or who speak a bit of French as well. I try and subtitle everything. Um, but it like, it's a pain in the ass to subtitle. It Mm. takes a load of time and also like money. Like I don't have time anymore really to subtitle stuff. So I'm paying a guy in Canada to subtitle like my one hour, um, Live shows where I'm kind of interviewing. It's basically like this, essentially, but with um, but with uh, uh, with the audience like interacting at the same time. Mm. So um, yeah, I yeah. It's you an, used, as you StreamYard. said, we no, to... I use a thing called um, eCam Live. Is the is the thing that I use because I'm on a Mac and it was just like I, I tried Streamyard and it was it was cool, but it was just I couldn't like it. It the the at the time when we were in the first lockdown, I was doing it every day and um, I didn't have time to like sit down for the whole day and learn how to use the things. Whereas the Ecamm thing I think has less functionality, but it's just easier to use. You can drag and drop videos in like, Mm. you can share your screen really easily. It's just an easier um, interface to use. So uh, that's what I'm using uh, for the, for the live stuff. Um, But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty niche um, as you said, like a niche thing and it's the kind of the question I've been asking myself as well. Like, like what's kind of next in my in, in my in my career doing comedy like for, like I did my first hour stand up show and that went really well like it sold out most places that were like 4 and 500 seats i finished in like a 1300 seater um theater a couple of years ago then i started my second show which is also kind of in both languages there's more french in it than english Um, but then I was like, what do I do? Like, do I, in, in order to kind of expand, I feel like I've kind of reached the, the limit of people who understand both languages and built that kind of community. And I'm like, what do I do? Like, do I do something all in English that's based around France? Because everyone loves taking a piss out of the French, right? So I was like, oh, maybe I can make a thing where I'm taking the piss out of the French, but for a more global English speaking audience, or do I go full French and kind of build out my career in france since i live here and and mm. kind of step out of the niche a little bit and be a bit
0: more bit more broad but i, I don't know i haven't I haven't figured out the answer yet And yeah. have you had the opportunity to do stand-up since any of the lockdowns or has france opened up at all since march last year
2: yeah it's france has been pretty good actually like the first lockdown in march to may was super strict like everything was shut schools were shut uh parks were shut you had to fill out a, a form to like leave your house, uh, so it was really strict. And then in I think it was at the middle of May, everything kind of opened up pretty much um, uh, until the end of October. So we were open pretty much from uh, uh, I say June. I think the theaters opened again, June to October, July and August. France shuts down, everyone goes on holiday, so there wasn't really much going on anyway. Um, and so I I managed to do a couple. I did like ten shows in October, which were kind of already planned before the pandemic anyway. So that was that was cool. I had to I was in the middle of my tour when it when it all got shut down. So we had to like push all of those dates to spring this year. And it look it's looking like spring this year is fucked as well. So I'm gonna have to maybe push those hopefully to the autumn. And then hopefully like with the vaccines and all that kind of stuff, maybe we'll be able, they'll be able, because it it felt like the summer was like almost like a normal summer here where people were out in bars and restaurants. Um, They hadn't imposed wearing masks outdoors at that stage. It was only indoors. So it kind of felt almost like a normal summer. And then when the- Do you guys have to wear them outdoors? Yeah, now we do. Yeah, we have to wear them everywhere, Mm. um, which is, uh, which is- it's kind of become, no- it's weird because it's kind of become a normal thing. Like when we see reports on the news of people in the UK or basically any other country n- and no one's wearing them out- outdoors, like they're not, they don't have to wear them outdoors. If they're wearing them outdoors, it's through choice. So we see like news reports of people and it's like, oh shit, I've forgotten that you cannot wear masks outdoors in other countries. So
1: yeah, it's kind yeah, of it's a- been- it was it's weird here. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it was controversial to start with here. And then it's just become the new like a, a normal thing. No one, no one even asks the question anymore. But I remember seeing an article in the BBC like two days ago, which was like, can you catch coronavirus outdoors or whatever? And the, the overall thing was like basically unless you're sat like less than two meters in front of someone for 15 minutes and they sneeze and you inhale at the same time as they sneeze. Uh, you're probably not going to catch it. I'm like, why are we all fucking wearing masks yeah. outdoors? Especially outdoors well, because
1: sunlight like kills it.
2: Well, that's apparently it. And the thing, I think the thing what happened in France was there was a big scandal with the masks in, at the beginning of the whole thing where the, I can't remember who it was in the government. I think it was the prime minister was like, yeah, there's no point in wearing a mask if, you don't ha- if you're not sick. If you're, if you're sick, then yeah, wear a mask. But if you don't have any symptoms, there's no point in wearing a mask so don't wear a mask and then um and i think it was because they didn't really have enough masks in france to go around they were ordering them in but they hadn't had them yet so that's kind of uh, why they h- had that uh come out and then there was like this big scandal about it and then so when it came to like september they were like yeah you need to you need to wear them you need to wear them
0: all the time now
2: mm-hmm. like all right whatever
0: so i'm sorry to the- hear controversial thing during this you can see like in videos from the u.s people refusing and screaming sure, like, into shops it's, it's I'm,
1: only- a, I'm, I'm about to make it mandatory for the podcast because like i have one always here <laughs> but it'll go over the nose
0: yeah
2: <laughs> well i wear glasses and it's a pain. it's a fucking pain yeah. in the ass to, to to wear like it's i've gotten i've gotten used to it now i just kind of have it like under my nose. I know it's not great, but I like I got it. I I got the virus in September, so I'm like I'm not catching it again anytime soon. Uh, so and like if I I'll wear it. Like if I'm in the metro, I'll I'll fully like cover it. But if I'm out mm-hmm. in the street, like walking across the street, oh, yeah. From, yeah, Then I'll just point. I'll have it like under my nose because the police they don't really uh, you know if they come if they're like oh we'll just put they're not really um uh, yeah you're you
1: know, not getting locked anyone. up for being you no. know under your nose. So
2: Out, yeah outside.
0: It's,
2: it's a bit what's it like over there? Like um, are you are you guys having to wear masks outdoors, no? Not a
0: no hard over here.
1: Like that that's, that's the line would... we won't push. Um because like what you were saying earlier about like you, what you'd have to actually do to get it outside. We yeah. social distance instead. So. Right.
0: But uh or, our, ideally our we would pretty bad lately. We've been on lockdown since mid December. Kind of thing. Uh, right. They they opened us back early for like two weeks for Christmas, which killed us. I mean, at one point we had like eight thousand cases in one day. Wow, that's that's a lot for 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 the population. Yeah, which is Mm -hmm. terrible. I think we were the highest per. Is it per hundred thousands? We were the highest country in one day. Right. like even beating the us and the uk like <laughs> i like how you said is... beating
2: the us like it's a competition like we're gonna fucking beat these bastards
1: <laughs> well that, that's something i don't want to beat them out, in all fairness no yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah
0: no. well you guys have got you guys have got
2: a great reputation like in in in, in france like the french I fucking love the irish um <laughs> And I remember when it, when it was Euro, what was it? Euro 2016. Is that when that the last Euro was? Yeah. Cause it was supposed to be last year and it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was 2016, which was in France, partly or all of it. I think all of it was in France. And anyway, um, I just, it was just like, it, I remember the Irish supporters, like, just, I don't know, just singing along in the, in the middle of the streets, like drinking beer, like cheering the French yeah. police on. Like it was just, it was, it was really, <laughs> it
1: was, it was really cool. Like, um, good yeah. vibes yeah that you, you, like, you love yes. the good stories not the bad ones you know like when someone's acting the maggot uh you know obviously the reputation's going to stick which is a weird thing when like one person from a country does something bad so you mm. or so uh, some people may affiliate the entire population with that kind of behavior mm. it's kind of weird it's like with the us for an example you know after what we've seen in the in the last year You may think a bit less of them, um, which may not be fair to all Americans. I've said that a couple of times to some of our guests that, you know, people in Ireland, (laughs) very much people I know, you know, look, look, look at them like they're lesser after what they've just Mm -hmm. seen in the last year um, in comparison to what have before.
2: Yeah, it's crazy how media you know, it's not even media, really, because, I mean, they're obviously going to be sharing news, like, newsworthy stories, and the newsworthy stories are often negative stuff, people rioting, people doing this, people killing, So, like, so, and that's what you see on the news all the time. And so you go, yeah, like, the, you know, the, it's just, it was the same thing with Brexit. Like, for me, it was funny, when I first moved to France 10 years ago, I wouldn't say it's changed too much, but it was, it, like, the, the French, like, really, like, English people, English stuff, like the flag, James Bond, all that shit. Like when I first moved here, you could go to the local like furniture store, and they had like Union Jack carpets and stuff like that. They just they like the 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 I guess the pomp and ceremony or whatever it is. And so it's kind of like that's also part of my my thing in France and the reason why I was able to kind of forge a career for myself here. Um, quicker than other people that started comedy with me in France who are just like regular French people. Right. I've, I've got like the added value of being English and I'm like in between, you know, I'm kind of taking the piss out of the French. And so, you know, the French and the English have always taken the piss out of each other. So it's kind of like this added, this added thing. But yeah, I feel, I felt like with, when Brexit started uh, happening in 2016, like the, the, the cool factor disappeared, you know? Mm. Um, or was it was was going kind of out and then because luckily the news wasn't obsessed with brexit every day here like they like it was back home uh the people kind of forgot about it and then when it came back two years ago when it was like oh i can't remember the, the the history now like they voted for something a couple of years ago and then one year ago like we officially left and then this year it actually happened, you know, where we left the, 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 the trade thing and there were blockages. Like, it just feels like it's, it goes on and off. But then, you know, when, like, Harry and Meghan get married, everyone's back like, oh, the English, you know. Um, I'm sure when the Queen dies, we'll get a lot of sympathy. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, as you said, like, people attach themselves to what's happening in the news and go, oh, well, you know, these people are assholes because of this. And then it's like the whole country is treated the same
1: yeah it's it's not really fair um like obviously the irish example is you know the drunkenness um and like we're not even drinking you're the one drinking
2: exactly this is true but there you go in, in, in comparison i'd say to england the stereotype is anyway that you guys are uh, are nice drunks and in the UK, we're, we're more, we turn into cunts. It's just like, oh, <laughs> fucking, do you watch some? Do you watch some? So fucking take you outside, you fucking wanker. You fucking prick, yeah? Whereas you guys are even nicer when you're drunk. That's kind of the stereotype. And especially, and, and that kind of, came through again because of football in the in, in twenty sixteen oh, when yeah. the Eng- the English supporters came over here and like started fights with all the Russians and like there's the the, the you know the stereotype of English hooligans where ninety percent of football supporters are normal people but then the ten percent mm. are like hardcore hooligans so they come over and destroy shit in cafes and stuff. Mm. Whereas the Irish, all of them came over here and it was like they they were they, they just took the atmosphere from like a five to like an 11, you know, anytime <laughs> uh, there was a match between Ireland and some and someone else. So yeah, I think you have that stereotype of being nice drunks mm. as opposed to angry hooligan
1: drunks. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad to, you know, stick by that for forever. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't want to be a mean drunk. You you want to be a, a nice one. <laughs> if you're yeah. going to get drunk, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like actually what what you saying there about like the the support like when McGregor was fighting you you could just hear the singing like there was yeah. there was a small audience for in the UFC for like the first time in ages and you could just yeah, hear it was like the 2000
2: two people wasn't it something like that 2000
1: yeah. something like that yeah i don't know the, 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 ooh, did they test all the people
2: um... no idea i didn't read that much. i just read the head like i i saw it going through the news so i i read quickly Mm. about it um briefly like i'm not as i said at the bit like i'm not a huge i'm not a huge follower of, of ufc but um when i've seen like conor mcgregor doing like talking shit and uh, doing his thing like it's always hilarious it's it's mm. <laughs> it's great i love it it's like the good thing about him is like he's not only was a great fighter but like he had the good uh, like showmanship to go with it as well you know whereas some people are just good fighters uh mm. and i think that's for every sport whether it's you know someone like in tennis like John McEnroe way back like before even before my time like everyone remembers him because he was a good tennis player but also he gave the, the 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 referee stick and it was just like he had a personality it wasn't just like someone like Djokovic who plays tennis and wins a lot but he doesn't have you know he doesn't have like that
0: showmanship to go with it mm. wasn't he banned or he was suspended earlier this year or last year because didn't he like fling a tennis racket in some woman's face or something
2: oh yeah that happened yeah i can't remember i think it was a that's not a good. ball
0: where's a ball yeah not a tennis
2: racket. yeah i think he i think what happened was like he got pissed off and like he picked the ball and like smacked it behind him or something and it hit one of the the it's not a lineswoman. what do they call it? umpire no what do they call them um, not ball boys i don't know line <laughs> judges hit know the person. yeah 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 he hit the person who was who, who was sat just like that the whole match you know, there's people
1: that just sit there and just look the whole time. So she, you know, she, it, it almost seems like eventually they're going to get hit anyway if they're, if they're sitting like that. And it's, you know, tennis balls are flung around the place at high speeds. Just the last thing waiting to happen. Yeah. Exactly. Well, sometimes there you, you see
2: them just lean to the left slightly. Like, they look, it feels like they're in the matrix. Like, every time you see it in slow motion, they're just like, they're leaning down and then they just move to the side and the ball just goes like, <laughs> boom. And hits the, the the back. I don't know. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm like, I'm sure. I, yeah, I think it's it's going to be. What's the sports situation over there? Like, can people attend uh, sports matches in stadiums at uh, reduced sizes or completely we have no not? Sports
0: on at the moment. Nothing. 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 Uh, I, not I, I even like televised there. and just with no audience. Ga was cancelled. Herman cancelled. Uh, football. Wow. Our t- we're not really big football players, but like. Mm. Uh, Rugby not happening, you know, nothing over here. Yeah, I, I, I do our tree
1: and we, we do it outside in the woods and uh, nothing really. Are they scared mm. the trees are going to catch it, <laughs> maybe.
2: Maybe. Oh, you frozen, yeah, or is that
1: me?
0: No, no, no that's me. This is, is internet, uh, it's not as internet as PC, more like it's been terrible lately. Yeah, <laughs> let, me, let me refresh. Like, you're just lucky he didn't turn completely green because that happens. <laughs> his camera will just go, he'll be looking like Shrek by the end of a podcast, to be honest. With you. <laughs> have, you, have you got like a webcam
2: or a camera plugged in to the, to the, to the, is he using his, his webcam or is it like an, an extra camera plugged in? Oh, no, he has
0: like an extra camera. And right, okay. Me, I have it have built into my PC, so that's why I'm at an angle so that's why kind of... yeah right yeah you can't just <laughs> you can't just tilt it downwards <laughs> there you are
1: there he is there we go I can't see you though so what's going on here we can see you though I suppose that's that's, that's good enough this is very awkward <laughs> yeah what were we saying <laughs> I we forgot talking... my screens went black and I was like
0: we are just I like, talking about uh, green cameras and whether yours is built in or not
1: yeah yeah it's shows. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you know Paul like when you when you're doing you know shows all kinds of things are going to go wrong.
2: Yeah. I oh, totally. I've had so many things go wrong when, I, when like it, when I'm doing my lives. It's like I've even got an, a, like a jingle for like uh, like I went from literally like f- from March last year. In fact, the first live show that I did was March 17th um because I did like um normally uh, for St. Paddy's Day here like I go out with my Scottish friends. And my French wife, and we go out and, and, and have a few beers at, at, at our, like, the, the local Irish pub or whatever. And we couldn't do that this year. So I did, like, a live stream uh, with my audience, like, celebrating St. Patrick's Day live. And it was the first time I kind of did a proper live. And I had I, – I, th- I think I was on f- on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And I had basically, like, three I – had, I had, like, my – iPhone in front of me on Facebook. I had my wife's phone on the side on Instagram, and I had an, like a, a, the, my old phone that I didn't sell yet, like on YouTube. And so I was looking through the different cameras, being like, "Hey guys, great to see you guys." Blah blah. And it was just like the sound was shit. Everything was shit. And then, I, like, because I was doing lives every day, like I, you know, I, I upgraded the camera. I got the streaming software, got microphones, and all this kind of stuff, uh, and slowly built. But it's still every time. Even I did last Monday. I there was a problem with the camera where you were saying it goes all green. I think my the camera plugged into the USB. I think the USB was slightly like hanging out, and so it just the ha- camera started going all green. So, um, I, like my mate who who's created a couple of jingles for the live show, he created like a technical tailor thing where like <laughs> the screen it, the screen explodes and you start hearing like a fifty-six k <laughs> modem just going like, Aah! so mm. yeah, technical um, issues. Was it with Zoom by any chance? It wasn't. No, it was just uh, straight through YouTube on my streaming software. But I've had—I I haven't used Zoom too much.
1: Yeah, because um, that that but... green problem only happens in Zoom. Uh, really? <laughs> if you use the app, like I'm using the true browser at the moment. But
0: um, yeah.
1: Otherwise, I'm so if you got, green. have you got the uh, have you got like the pro plan since we're going over forty minutes?
0: Yes, because yeah. we nice. we record our podcast on Zoom. So if, if nice.
1: Used to be Skype, um, and then we moved because Zoom was just a little bit better. Mm. And if we can't be in the same room, we want it to be like the best it can be. Yeah. Yeah, Zoom's uh, Zoom's pretty good. It does the job. <laughs> it gets it done. That's this is really weird because I cannot see yous.
2: yeah.
1: I see like a little green hey. box move to whoever's talking. Oh, but you can't see the actual cameras. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> some would say I'm better off, Um some would say I haven't. <laughs> yeah, um, what was it? Uh, when, How when long have you we... guys been
0: doing this podcast? Oh, too long, no, we, stopped. <laughs> we started in uh April or May, was it May? Yeah, May of last nice. year, and yeah, it's been <laughs> fun. We just, that's we just cool and what do you guys good. do like what did, what were you doing before that what's your what do you guys do we were in uh, secondary school but we had nice to, so well i'd say we graduated it stopped and so we, we... <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you supposed to finish last year yeah mm. we were supposed to do okay. early research and... and it never happened because of oh COVID. shit like yeah we got and grades. so what are...
2: Okay, so you've technically graduated, like yeah. high school or whatever you call We're it. College, and then, so what? You're in college. Okay, cool. Wait, hold yeah. on. H- what, what? What age is high school in over there? Um, eighteen. Yeah, eighteen. It's,
1: well, you could 16. be nineteen finishing it. Sixteen to eighteen or
2: nineteen, yeah. Yeah, okay, sixteen to eighteen, and then college being university, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, uh, and like, you guys, are you in the same yeah. university or not at all? Yeah.
1: So same university, same
0: course. Cool. We'll do media not, not on purpose. Not on purpose. we we'll doing do media, uh, like media studies. Like, uh, we know everything about the media. Yeah. We know everyone. <laughs> or past everything. Me. We know. Everything. Yeah. Well, it's a, it, that's a good,
2: uh, I remember studying, I remember doing like a year of media studies in year 10. Uh, I was like, what was that? 14, 14 to 16. GCSE is basically I did media studies and I remember really enjoying it at the time. Um, but yeah, like it, it feels like I don't know what the what, what it's like nowadays, but it feels like so underdeveloped compared to what the internet, what the what media is like now. Um, like what you guys are doing with with this, with this podcast is like is great. Like I think that's, I mean I don't they're probably not even teaching that right. It's probably just like oh yeah, do, do you know that they have terrestrial TV?
1: <laughs> we did a podcast with the College Course and it was terrible. They gave us a survey that they created, told us that have five people talk about it in four minutes and yeah they made us do it and it was rough it was it was absolutely terrible and at the time we were doing this for about four five months and i'm just thinking like what the fuck come on or like yeah it's it's when when the election stuff was happening we were learning more about like the american election than we were the course content which i thought was pretty dodgy um because they were teaching everything like from the perspective of the presidential election and considering we're not part of the united states we're part of you know the european union i thought that was a bit, a bit weird yeah
2: well it's just well what's what must be difficult as well is like for the people teaching that course is like they're i mean i don't know how old your your lecturers are or whatever but they're clearly from another generation you know whether it's 10 years older even if it's 10 years older you know even five years like my wife is five years older than me i'm 34 she's 39 Uh, but I remember when we met, well, and and in those five years, like the difference was I like, I got my first computer when I was 12, uh, I think it was 12. And then she got, I think she got, she was like 22 when she had her first computer. So that difference of like the learning curve of learning a computer when you're 12 is, is so much different when you're 18. And so even though she's only five years older than me, uh, like technologically, it feels like she's 15 years behind me, you know, like, I mean, granted I worked at Apple for like nine years, so I'm a bit more tech savvy than she is, but it just feels like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're teaching or you're a lecturer of media studies at, you know, at university, like you need, like you need to be, I don't think I'd be able to do that with, you know, people who are 20 years old and be like, Hey, here's like, here's some stuff around maybe the theory of like, you know, how you, do an interview and stuff like that but the actual technology like man it's going so quickly that you know people running podcasts and doing stuff now like the people who are you know like 40 years old 50 years old like we have got no idea how to do any of this stuff unless they're super interested in it you know Mm. i even watch like um i don't know if you if you know joe rogan you watch any of his uh podcasts but like the technical quality is shockingly terrible you know, for like a podcast that's listened to by millions, it's like, dude, invest a bit of money in somebody to like set world, up. I think so, yeah. It's like get a new camera. I mean, the you know the ca- ca- for how much you're earning, the f- from how much you earned from your Spotify deal, even even before Spotify, just like buy two nice cameras with a couple of good lenses, and the the, the image quality is going to be a million times better. You know, mm. uh, but it just feels good. like he's also. He does stand-up, so he doesn't really give a shit. And then I guess the person who works with him called Jamie, like, I don't know how old he is. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I guess he doesn't need to give a shit because he's already got a, a massive audience. It's more like, you know, when we're starting out, uh, you know, and I consider myself still kind of starting out on YouTube and, 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 and internet and stuff. Like, you need to put in like the, the work to, to make it look good, sound good. The questions be good to have Mm. some interesting content to kind of build up. And then, you know, when you get to Joe Rogan doesn't, no one cares what the video quality is about. Like you're just there to listen to listen to it anyway. So Mm. yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, like if you, if you want to do better than him, you're gonna have to work a lot harder than him, like by a fucking mile. Yeah. Um, which is probably very difficult um no one has like an entire production crew ready to go no he's able to do in-person podcasts like he is Mm. like even with the pandemic he did maybe i don't know less than 10 zoom ones yeah and then he got the rest in person like he's able to get mike tyson and shit Mm. which is which is pretty impressive yeah Uh, well beyond pretty like you even had The Undertaker
2: on the other day. Like, yeah, I saw some of the on. clips. I don't, I don't listen to it anymore because it's on Spotify. And I just, I haven't, I list, I, I downloaded Spotify and I created an account to listen to uh, a recent one with Bill Burr because Bill Burr is like one of my favorite comedians. And so, but the, the rest of them, like I, I only find out of who's on the show by YouTube and seeing the clips. And I was like, ah, oh, I need to go listen to The Undertaker, like the full episode because I was a huge fan of wrestling when I was a kid, um, but um, what was I going to say? Yeah, like he, like I don't know what what point it was for him. Like, what was the? It'd be interesting to, to to find out. Like, what episode or what point was it that it kind of started to take off? Like, I know obviously it's a gradual thing, but and he was doing it for like ten years uh, on his own, yeah. like where he's yeah. answering questions with his audience with a couple of his mates, and then slowly but surely it turned into one guest per episode, and then it, there must have been a couple of points where he had like big guests on cause they were mates of his or whatever. And then that kind of got people interested. And then, you know, once that momentum starts to build and you're consistent, then you get Elon Musk on, you get Mike Tyson mm. on, you know, you get these people and like anyone, basically he could have anyone he wanted essentially on that, on that show now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it just takes a lot of time and a lot of consistency and a lot of effort. Uh, and a lot of years, where nothing comes of it you get 25 views you get 50 views and then it's like that that you know and then and then when you get like 100 you're like yeah i've got 100 and then you're like fuck i've only got 100 and then you get to a thousand and you're like oh i got to a thousand fuck i've only got a thousand joe rogan's like 46 million do you know what i mean and then so it's really difficult to to try and keep yourself motivated Mm. when you see the stuff that's going around you
1: yeah yeah definitely but um you know it's it's hard to compare because you know his his way of doing the show might be different to, I guess ours or yours or mm. any any other any other person, um, but obviously his works. you don't want to be a Joe Rogan copy. Like no, I think so. that'd be pretty pretty clear with people. Like he's just copying fucking Jogan. Uh <laughs> Well, you know? it's
2: difficult. Like it's difficult. You can't. I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to anyway because unless you're a stand-up comedian. Who loves doing, uh, um, who loves like MMA stuff and uh, hunting and shit. Like, it's difficult if you unless you've got exactly the same interests as him. And even if you do, like you'll find your own thing. You know, you find like I I was lucky that I found my thing of like doing French English stuff. Uh, So even if. It's kind of like, I'm still talking to a guest on my life stuff. It's around a different topic and it's slightly different, you know, it's a different angle and it looks different and stuff like that. But yeah, I think as well, like when you're starting out, you, you, you take inspiration from the people that you really like and then slowly, but surely you kind of find your own voice. I remember when I started doing stand up in 2009, the person that was kind of massive at that point was Michael McIntyre yeah um who who was just kind of killing it and I I really enjoyed his stuff back then and when I was writing jokes or stories I was almost writing them in his like I could hear him talking about the stuff that I wanted to talk about and and it being fucking funny and but when I was saying it on stage it was shit like no one was laughing because I didn't have my personality yet and so Yes. Like it was, it was, it was, you, you obviously take inspiration from the, from the people that have inspired you, whether it's doing podcasting, whether it's doing music, uh, whether it's uh, comedy, whether it's film, wh- whatever the, whatever the art is, I think you always take inspiration. And then you, you make all of that. And then you add your personality to it, your life story to it, your passions, and it turns it into something else.
0: That's funny. Because I, I, I started us watching comedy by watching McIntyre I was a huge fan mm. of his for years he's, he's great
2: yeah I still really enjoy him like everyone gives him shit like everyone in the comedy world is like oh it's fucking you know he's doing his own show and stuff I still like uh I still find his stuff a lot funnier than some some like you know cult comedians who've got like these you know who who, who believe they're better comedians for me it's like are you making people laugh or not that's for me, like the the, the the first thing in comedy, like you're a comedian, like make people laugh that, it, you know, if that's what you do, then you're, then you're doing your job well. And clearly he makes millions of people laugh because he fills out the O2 arena like 10 nights in a row. Like you can't, the numbers are undeniable. He hasn't just paid people to sit in those seats. Do you know what I mean? So clearly, and yeah, maybe it's a different type of comedy than people like, or they're like, oh He's talking about toast. Like that's not real comedy. Real comedy should be pushing the boundaries of this theme or that theme or whatever. And it's like, it can be pushing the boundaries, but it can also be jokes about fucking waking up in the morning. You know, it's, it's, it's I, I think some, sometimes in comedy, people take themselves too seriously yeah. about what their mission is. It's like, oh, you know, I want to talk about Black Lives Matter, or I want to talk about, you know, the political thing. I want to talk about Brexit. It's like, yeah do that M- my opinion is if it if it's funny great if it's not funny then you're doing a ted talk basically
0: 100 <laughs> percent. I, I think mcintyre that not that even his humor is childish but mm. i found it funny when i was a, when i was a bit younger and then as i grew up i guess more comedy i started watching more mock the week i started mm. watching you know frankie boyle car I think I think I like McIntyre, I I used to watch his Christmas show every year. Thought they were great. Or the show where he used to was it the you know he used to prank people on the phone, those fake messages. They were great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, his his early stand up stuff I I really enjoyed. I, I when was a, he he oh he recently had a stand up show on on Netflix that came out this year. It was just he, I think they filmed it just before the beginning of the pandemic, and honestly, I was like, yeah, this is good. Like it's 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 good stuff. It's very. The equivalent in the U.S. would be someone like Jerry Seinfeld, who talks, mm. um, who talks about nothing, in a way like he's just talking about regular life stuff, you know. And I think people <laughs> undervalue the the that type of comedy. Like people are always like, "Oh, is the comedy making me think?" Like, "Oh, this person's pushing the boundaries of, of whatever." And then people think that talking about toast is easy and making people laugh is easy about toast. It's for me, it's even harder. Like if you're making jokes about what Donald Trump said this week in the news. That already is funny. Like if you take one of his tweets, it's already funny. And you just add your, you know, your punchlines to it and you, you, you ham it up. But the fact that you're talking about putting jam on toast or how you dip a biscuit into tea, there's nothing funny about that to start with. So I find it even harder to make more basic comedy. Um, as people would, 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 would talk about, uh, like, Michael Mackins Peter Kay like someone like Peter yeah. Kay uh like his, his his comedy is very basic right he's talking about everyday things and it's hilarious you know um and yeah you guys have got you, I, I, what I enjoy about Irish comedy is it's very storytelling based mm. that like I, I really enjoy as opposed to just like joke 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 it's uh, like Dara Breen he's he, he he his stand-up shows are like very uh, story um
0: orientated and uh, mm. I think that's cool I love Daryl, like I said, mm. Mock the Week, I used, I used to watch scenes we'd like to see for, for hours or like, I, I was a huge fan of that show when I was younger. Was so cool. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's he's good. 100%. Jared, are you with us or what's going on at all? Can you guys see me? No, we can see you, yeah. The, Joe, the just... final, the th- three evening. final, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, you Oh. Um, think we've taken enough of your time i want to thank you so much for coming
2: on it's been a pleasure guys uh this has been a lot of fun thanks uh thanks for having me on and uh and uh asking questions and stuff like that and it's it's great like keep going keep doing this thing keep you know speaking to different people um yeah it's awesome we'll have to have you on again
0: at some point because you're one of the funniest men i've ever talked to to be honest
1: with
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> well hey quick you know, question actually how did you find how do you know about like how did you how did you find how did you find me well
1: i think thomas found you
0: so
2: thomas i, I know
1: because
2: i feel like since thing. i because i changed so i was doing because my the live shows that i'm doing i i take the audio and i basically put it as a podcast and i used to be using a host called Podbean. That you have to pay for and all this kind of stuff. And Please I was like, yeah, well, and this is the thing. So I use, um, I was using Podbean, you have to pay for it. And I was like, uh, I'm not getting very many listens. Like it's more of a live video thing, but I thought I'd put the, the, the podcast out for the people that can't watch YouTube for an hour and they just want to listen on the Metro or whatever. And I feel like since I switched to Anchor like two, three weeks ago. And I feel like since I switched to Anchor, I've gotten like five emails from different people who run podcasts to be like, Hey, we'd love to have you on this podcast. We'd love to. And, and you were part of that, um, that bunch of emails uh, of podcasts. I was like, mm, maybe like by moving to Anchor, it pushed mm. the show. Like, it, I don't know. It made it more visible somewhere. So I don't know if that's how you found.
0: You know what it was? I think, do you know the, do you know on Instagram when you, when you have, recommended page kind of thing. Mm. One of your videos where you were explaining the Eng- English, uh, like, the, like swear words, one of them came up for me uh, on that. Oh,
1: and okay. I clicked
0: into it, and it was very funny. I think, I think it was either...
2: I yeah, know. like the one-minute thing that I was doing for, like, the second lockdown, where it was like, hey, French people, let me tell you how to swear in English so you can yes. tell the government <laughs> to fuck off, and they won't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That's interesting, <laughs> because I feel like those videos kind of died on their ass because they're all got swearing in them on YouTube. Anyway, they kind of fell flat um, compared to the other stuff that I do. So I think it's because it had like swear words in it and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so it's interesting that that came up in recommendations. Yeah. It's always fascinating to find out how people find out about, you know, the, the, the podcast, the show, whatever else, whatever, whatever's going on. Yeah. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. It's weird that people find find your show where blah, blah, blah. Like so someone found us from like, uh, Yes. Yeah, so someone found us from like an episode we did with just like a paleontologist and then wow. has been like hooked to the show ever since. So it's weird, like how your interests change and like what communities you take part in. Blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah, because yeah. I imagine when you put it on YouTube, obviously you put the, the name of the person in the title. And so if somebody is a fan of that person and they type in like for me, if they type in Paul Taylor, it will probably put like some of the most recent content uh at the top of the search and like this might show up and then people might be like, Oh, this is a cool podcast. Let me listen to it. So I guess that might've been what happened with the, your paleontologist guest that mm. they somebody online was looking up his name. Um, and then the interview with you guys came up, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how it works. Who does
1: man, to be honest, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows exactly. what they're doing. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> well- this has been Paul top or Paul. Oh, it again. oh my God. Jerry. <laughs> No, no. What happened there was a noise came from your screen, and I my eyes darted to it. This has been Paul Taylor, the comedian. Thanks for getting on,
0: Paul.
1: (laughs) Thanks,
2: yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, Good luck uh, with uh, with your studies, and uh, and I hope you do some great things. Thanks, Thanks millions.
0: And Um, Paul, if people want to check you out, where can they
1: find you?
2: Uh, They can find me uh, on uh, the old people social media, like Facebook um, and uh, (laughs) and Twitter. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. Uh, if you type in Paul Taylor comedy, there's many Paul Taylors in, in life. So you have to just add comedy uh, to the end of it. There is another comedian in the UK called Paul F. Taylor um, who doesn't look dissimilar to me. So you just have to make sure. It's the French one. Type in Paul Taylor, French comedy. You'll find me. Well, there you go.
1: <laughs> All right. Have a good one. top of the morning lads and ladies support for the Awful irish podcast is now brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's blow of away scrumming
0: manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels and you're no longer lead the luck of the irish with the ladies manscaped just launched in ireland we've gone years without using the right tools for the job you can now be one of the first men in ireland to experience their life changing products your balls will thank you Get 20% off and free shipping with the code IrishPod at manscaped.com.
1: That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code IrishPod.